This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Manly Command Center. And we're inside the Mellon Law Studio at 352-325-3938. Should you want to text me, do not text me on my personal phone line. I don't see it. But if you want to text me an issue or a question or something that you don't want to put on Facebook chat, you may deliver it to me at 352-325-3938. I see it instantly. And if it's not uh, something over my head, I'll try to respond to it in somewhat intelligent fashion. If I can muster up a response that would satisfy you, if not, I'll defer it to experts. And, buddy, we do have an expert among us. You've known it for a long, long time. Uh, our, and I used to tease him. He was started out as the investigator, and then he was so good at investigating, he's become the instigator investigator. And uh, we've been together, working together since, believe it or not, 2012. And it's just one of those situations where um, the hand and the glove go together. We trust each other implicitly. We know where each other is practically 24 seven. Um, we're aware of uh, things that we're think uh, thinking about and talking about. And uh, he supplements the Word Scott files so well because he has now got a new description, which we haven't given him, but one of the uh, writers across the state has now realized he exists uh, through his investigation into election. Babe, um, has uh, dubbed him the data investigator. So I believe that's an appropriate name and shall hereafter be the tag I refer to my good friend as the data investigator. Now the data investigator has started a snowball. It's just beginning to really roll. Uh, initially it was very difficult as we know from us reporting on this here at the Word Scott Files, yours truly, to get anybody uh, uh, interested or off the dime as they say, uh, to take it seriously because the bureaucrats are very reluctant to stick their, um, themselves up out of their foxhole where it's nice and safe and warm. They have guaranteed incomes. They've been elected. Uh, basically, these supervisor elections are uh, there for life if they want to be. Um, uh, you know, they, they just don't, the, the state attorneys, or unless they really are uh, goofballs, uh, should be automatically renewed, so to speak. Uh, they're there for as long as they want to be. Um, so, you know, it's very difficult to get them to do anything that would um, put egg on their face, so to speak, because after all, it's their job to have discovered what the data investigator discovered on his own curiosity, uh, with his own initiative and his own commitment. And with our help by sharing what he found publicly, because nobody else would share it. Uh, nobody else wanted to touch it. Uh, the Gainesville Sunset uh, didn't want to get involved. Uh, uh, and so yours truly here, who uh, is not uh, afraid to go where angels fear to tread, um, said, come on, let's put it on here and put it out there. 
So initially when we put it out there and you know what we're talking about, initially it started out with Zuckerbucks, uh, all this money that was delivered into basically the Democrat counties and we've chronicled and documented how that worked. And we even broke it down here locally as to what it was spent on by Kim Barton, whom I like, I've always liked Kim Barton. She was a basketball player for the Gators at one point, um, but she's just, you know, got a hold of a tiger by the tail here and she's going to have to, you know, deal with it because that's her job. So um, uh, due to um, audit, I guess, if you will, make sure these voter rolls are accurate and, you know, not take goofy money. But at the time, there really wasn't any kind of law against taking goofy money. And it was all covered up because of COVID. Uh, it was explained away because, well, people couldn't uh, come to the station, so to speak, to catch the train. Uh, they'd have to mail in uh, their opinion. And that it resulted in ballot proliferation. And ballot proliferation resulted in a poor accountability. And therein was the rub. And it still hasn't been straightened out. But it was, it was easy to sort of chip, chip away at and discover by the data investigator because things just didn't add up. Um, and we, we located um, comparing, I say we, of course he did, by comparing voter rolls to voters and all this kind of business. And uh, he, in a, in, a, in a way that I don't know how to do, he does. And um, discovered all these things that then we had to take somewhere and get somebody to pay attention to. And uh, I got to say that we've got two new articles posted today on Ward's bulletin board because, as I say, the snowball is beginning to roll downhill and gather more snow. Um, the Vision Times has picked up uh, the story and the Right Side Network has picked up the story. And, of course, Breitbart has picked up the story and Newsmax has picked up the story and Politico has picked up the story. And really, they're just beginning to pick up what we have. We've got much more than this. And now that investigator is being asked to go about the state looking at various other uh, 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 supervisors uh, territory and discover what's going on there, which he's diligently working at. And and uh, uh, this is all part of doing what the doggone official should be doing. And, you know, at the same time, you got to you got to realize that the courts are filled with with uh, politicalization. Uh, you've got some guy who claims Trump's guilty already of January 6th, and he hadn't even had a due process. You know, for a judge to come out and say that um, uh, without, you know, this, this, this honors due process. I mean, it's despicable on the surface for a guy who is a judge to proclaim innocence or guilt of somebody who hasn't gone through due process. That's the way it works, though, in the judicial system. It's not always, but there are some good judges. Um, and, but by golly, the system is overwhelmingly infected, if you will, with politicalization. So um, that avenue has been mute about this stuff. Um, and people have been frustrated and they know they can smell a, a rat when they smell one. They know something's not right. They know something's not coming forth, coming clean, as we say in the movies. Come clean, you scumbag. And um, they're not coming clean. So, hey, the data investigator is working away at it and the story is growing. And it's grown so much that I'll tell you where it's now uh, taken form. Um, in the, uh, 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 the Florida elections recently put together framework 
uh, which is going to be dedicated. I'm reading now off of Keith Perry's uh, notes that come across here to us and perhaps to you also. Uh, there's now a dedicated resource for investigation, investigating allegations of elections. B, uh, that is um, a far more streamlined than the current law was. Um, and this is also urgently needed if you take this into account uh, that there are more and more people moving in to this state every day. Uh, just look at the trees here in Tree City being chopped down. Uh, it's maddening. The, uh, and we're going to get into that later in the show, what that means to the Biden tax hounds. Uh, so all these factors that have come together, coalesced, if you will, uh, required uh, some kind of intelligent, methodical, logical response, which, of course, would be criticized by the Democrats instantly. Um, so the session uh, here has addressed this, this last Florida legislature. And I have to say that much of the work that the a data investigator has done has reached the ear of the governor, no doubt, and the legislators. We know for particularly of two that we've kept informed all along who know full well about it. So uh, even so, the legislature had to do some things to make it, uh, you know, not everybody has a driver's license. So the, the Florida legislature made state ID cards free for any registered voter who needs one. That's not made the press. You know, that's, um, uh, I dare say you won't find a Democrat who's going to address that or even going to bring it up because, you know, you have to have an ID everywhere else. But God forbid you have to have one to cast your opinion about the nation. And I've joked all along that what we've had up till now, anyway, is if you could make a fog on a mirror, uh, which meant basically you're alive, uh, then you could vote. And then nobody asked you any questions. So now, during this 2022 regular session, uh, Senate Bill 524, uh, and uh, of course, House bills correlate with it, uh, created an Office of Election Crimes and Security within the Department of State uh, to aid the Secretary of State uh, in uh, duties uh, that relate to Election B. And, you know, the office is going to review the reports of election law violations, irregularities. It's going to conduct inquiries and investigations. It's going to oversee a voter B hotline and it's going to employ non-sworn investigators to conduct any and all investigations they want to conduct. And I'm sure that the data investigator will be at the top of the ladder of all that. Um, it's also going to com uh, commit to security of vote by mail balloting. Uh, it's going to require the Department of, of, uh, of State to conduct a study of all issues involving the feasibility and development and implementation of a plan uh, that would uh, govern this vote by mail balloting to ensure we have election integrity. Uh, it's going to also one of the goals is to protect voters from identity theft and uh, and to make sure that all this is transparent. And you know it's going to update the Dropbox terminology to secure ballot intake stations or more accurately reflect the function security that related to such a function. Uh, it's also uh, going to increase the required, and this is, I think, where we did some of the lifting. Uh, certainly, I think the data investigator did. It's going to increase the required frequency of voter roll list maintenance activities. Um, they're going to have to look at those annually. And uh, every year, you're going to have to take a look at those rolls 
and see if those things make sense and if they are up to date and grandma who's died isn't uh, busy voting. Um, it's going to also add the Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles uh, uh, compare information regarding deceased voters. We're going to try to put a curb on that. Uh, it's going to require clerks of court to monthly report to uh, uh, the Department of State any information on terms of sentences of, of people convicted of felonies in the preceding month. That's a biggie. That's really where uh, the data investigator <coughs> has done some heavy lifting. Um, uh, he's ferreted out and, and documented indisputable evidence that uh, people who were felons who had not paid restitution should uh, have paid it before they voted and they didn't and they voted. And so this is putting pressure now on the clerks of court. Why weren't they doing this before is the question. Why does it take citizen involvement, such as what we're committed to at the Ward Scott Files, why does it take citizens' involvement to, uh, to watchdog these people who are making these huge salaries? Uh, if you're clerk of the court, you're practically clerk of the court for life. I think Buddy Irby was there until he quit and got tired. Now his son's in there. He'll be in there until he quits and gets tired. Uh, my good buddy Power over at uh, uh, the tax office will be there forever until he gets tired. Um, you know, these people are charter officers and, and um, um, they, they have responsibilities. So uh, coming down from the top, you know, if the pressure, if, if the responsibility is not recognized and exercised at the local level, then the people turn to the top. And we have a governor, by golly, who will take and listen to the people from the bottom. Now, just imagine how important this voter accountability is. We dodged a, well, it's what's called an uh, open boat by Stephen Crane, a narrow clip um, where the open boat is almost swamped with water from a big wave. Uh, wow, that was a narrow clip, one of them says. Um, we, we had a narrow clip with this uh, Gillum. I mean, my God, can you imagine the mess this state would be in? Uh, none of this we're talking about now would be possible. All of it would have fallen on deaf ears. All of it would have been subject to uh, all kinds of, uh, well, I don't want, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. And that was just a squeak of vote, uh, uh, if you will, uh, victory by DeSantis. And I like to think we had something to do with that because we unearthed the, the no-tell motel stuff in South Florida. So, um, and we've also got Nikki Fried fried frazzled now out of this equation because uh, uh, the, uh, as I reported yesterday with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, we don't, they don't include her anymore in whether she has an opinion or not. So, um, you know, she's, she burned her own bridge. So um, there's going to be a lot more accountability. Um, Department of uh, Homeland Security is going to have to give a monthly report to the Department of State uh, about people who are presenting evidence of U.S. non-U.S. citizenship uh, whenever they get issued a driver's license or identification card. And, you know, this is a sad part because it should have been accountable at the border. And Biden, who is over here giving money to Ukraine for border walls, is not giving it to us for border walls. And, um, th you know, this, this, I don't want to get in. I, 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 you know, I didn't think I'd ever reach a point in life where I stuttered. But I stutter when I talk about Biden. I, get, I just sputter. I'm so disgusted by that guy and the whole process by which we came to have him. Um, so uh, there's going to be more transparency. Uh, uh, supervisor elections are going to have to report on their website 
the number of invalid signature forms that have been submitted. We're going to have to know that publicly. It's going to authorize citizens' initiative review processes to be halted if the validity of signatures for an initiative petition have expired uh, to ensure the ballot summary and fiscal impact statement are evaluated more closely uh, and da 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 da. Uh, it, it goes, it goes, I'm going to go through it all because I think it's important to know that um, we've been heard here uh, at the data uh, investigation level, and this has uh, grown and it's continuing to grow. Uh, and we put all the articles now out on Wardside Bulletin Board if you want to take a look at it. So it's going to increase the criminal penalty from a first degree misdemeanor to a third degree felony for ballot harvesting. <coughs> Excuse me. That's always been a loophole. I have seen it with my own eyes. I didn't know what it was I was seeing at the time because I was uh, a neophyte, but by golly, I know what it is now. And, uh, you know, we're going to make it a felony to sign another person's name or fictitious name to a, a petition to secure a ballot, um, et cetera. We're going to exp uh, expand the existing third degree felony for release of election results prior to poll closing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it goes on and on. I mean, it's really. Uh, serious about uh, trying to, to rein some of this stuff in. And Florida, it's so important for Florida, all the states. You know, we got a couple of states that are really growing. Texas, which is very similar to the way we behave, <coughs> and Florida. And, 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 and as we go frequently, so goes the national elections. And so, as I say, it's complicated by the fact we've got all these Yankees pouring out of these Democrat-controlled states because they can't take the taxation, they can't take the onerous mask rules, heavy regulations, uh, uh, hypocritical behavior from their leaders and then compared to what the leaders make them do. And so they're coming to Florida. Um, and you can take a look out your window and see what's happening. Uh, and it's, it's Yankee money that's doing the development around here quite often. It's people, somebody asked me a moment ago, why is the Hankin Group, I know those people very, very well, why does the Hankin Group have Philadelphia money buying and developing property uh, on 241 behind the publics there? Because the Yankees have run out of places to ruin in the North. And they've got tons of money. So they've built out the North. And so, golly, come to Florida and uh, get down here and ruin it. So they, they don't care. <clears throat> and we don't have a way of stopping them. So here they come. So the spinoff of this is you better have this election stuff tightened up and uh, make sure that you've got fines, that you know about um, harvesting, you know about this. I think we got Zuckerbuck stopped. I don't think they'll be able to pull that thing off again. And, um, it, you know, God forbid she should try because I think we'll, we'll be on it. We'll pounce on that. But even so, that came in under the wire. We didn't know about it till after the fact. You, you don't think that Barton said anything about it publicly, do you? I mean, uh, uh, so so they didn't, uh, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they, she didn't squeal to us. And, oh, my golly, I've just had this influx of, I think it was 700, 600, I'm forgotten now, six, seven hundred thousand dollars And, uh, you know, if she ended up having to give 200000 of it back, tried to spend all of it. I think she spent four or 500000 I could nail those numbers down specifically because they got them in the notes, but I'm just talking from memory now. Uh, but the fact remains, I mean, a lot of it went to absentee ballots. And um, so we were the ones that 
really magnified that and and broadcast it and made sure that it reached the ears of, of people uh, around in these various uh, districts that uh, and we got you know uh, data investigators spread the news to a number of other supervisors and I got to tell you some of the responses he got from some of these supervisor elections were oh yeah go pound sand uh, it's not statistically significant maybe we got one or two well without even trying he finds a dozen a half a dozen I mean a dozen two dozen three dozen and doesn't even scratch the surface. And goes back and tells those guys, hey, listen, man, what do you mean statistically insignificant? Tell that to a local election. Uh, tell that to Gillum. Tell that to DeSantis. Tell that to Al Gore. Come on now. You mean, what do you mean statistically insignificant? Does that give you an excuse for not carrying out your job and doing what you're supposed to do and giving integrity to the system? Well, if it does, well, then we've got to do it ourselves. And we do it, and thank goodness we've got, and Gray Allen, we've got a governor who heard it and is not afraid to take action. So this is, this is uh, 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 the, the election kind of revision, if you will, in the state of Florida that is so important. Uh, and, and by golly, believe me, we can find all sorts of evidence that will give you a reason for doing it. Uh, and we're just a one-armed paper hanger. We don't have a budget. We don't, we rely on donations and 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 uh, uh, our sponsors, and uh, you know, to to keep them to keep the mail arriving in at your house on time, so to speak. And and uh, you know, uh, you know, we're not we're not like the post. I what joked at the local post office with a local friend of mine who runs it. Yeah, I think he's been there for over fifty years. Has no plans of retiring. A good guy. I joked with him the other day, and I said, "My golly, man, I'm." paying more for a stamp and getting lousier service. How does that work? I mean, how does that work? That's not supposed to be a way that works. In private industry, you know, if I paid more for the, for the service or the product and got a lousier, lousy service or a, a worse product, I'd quit using that business. I ain't got no choice practically on the post, a post office. Uh, <clears throat> well, you know, you can go out here, I guess, and pigeon it or something. But, you know, most of the time, I know we got UPS and this other stuff, but most people go down there and stick a stamp on an envelope and drop it in the box. So, and the stamp goes up and the delivery goes down. So it only, only in, you know, if you ever wanted to really have a litmus test on how the government works or can't work, go to the post office and, and trace it from there. And you, you, you've got a perfect microcosm. I mean, the people in there are all nice. I mean, um, but they're not in a hurry. I mean, come on. I mean, there's no reason for him to be in a hurry. You know, I worked, I worked in food services for an assistant to the executive chef at Martin Marietta. And uh, I can tell you what hurry is. When you got to feed people and get that food out there on time, make sure it's consistently good and, and hot. And we fed uh, at Martin Marietta uh, as, as assistant to the executive chef when I was working my way through school. Uh, we fed the creme de creme. We fed Nixon. We had Werner Braun Braun. We've had people like this. I had to have a security clearance because I handle the food. Uh, <clears throat> that's not a bad idea for any food handler really have to have. Uh, you know, you talk about background checks. Uh, <clears throat> do you ever take, you, you, I suppose you might take this for granted. You order whatever from a restaurant and it comes out there and you chomp right down on it. Well, what if you got a diabolical situation back there where uh, you got a, you got a guy who's not all together and, you know, the, the restaurant hasn't really found him or discovered him. And he's got some insidious thing like that. 
I mean, you can say, well, it's never happened. Blah, blah, blah. You don't know what goes on in the kitchen. Believe me, you don't ever want to upset the, the, the people in the kitchen because you ain't back there to see what they do. So uh, I would say, you know, uh, that's a perfect kind of analogy. Uh, why you need to have uh, some sort of scrutiny on account of because you take things for granted. You take it for granted, your food's going to be come out there. It's going to be edible. And it's not only going to be edible, it's going to be safe. And <clears throat> I can tell you that that's uh, that's that's something that uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't assume at Martin Marietta, which was a, a missile factory. Uh, we had to have, I had to have security clearance. And of course, the chef had to have security clearance. And of course, everybody in the in the, uh, we had we fed 10,000 people a day, but in the executive uh, lunches, we fed maybe 100. And that was a whole different thing. That was uh, uh, that was made specially for those executives. And I can tell you the reason I was picked to be his assistant because I could anticipate his needs. I watched him. I knew what his uh, uh, his uh, his routine was, his process, and I would have what he needed in his hand before he needed it. And so we didn't waste any time. And, and he could write uh, uh, menus in five different languages. He was from Italy. Uh, I mean, it was quite a deal now. And it was one of the more interesting experiences I've had <clears throat> is working <coughs> for somebody as demanding and as uh, with, uh, with standards as high as that. And, and uh, buddy, when you get, you get a guy feeding the, the, the vice president at that time, I think it was vice president of the United States, um, uh, you would, you would, uh, you uh, and other dignitaries like that, you better have your act together. So, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to take a break here in a minute or just take a sip of coffee here for a second. Uh, so that's my reportage right now on what's happening with the election and how this program and how our people have had no doubt something to do with the uh, uh, growing size of this snowball which is gaining speed as it goes down this analogous hill here, metaphorical hill. Um, the other thing I just want to comment briefly on is, um, man, what an exciting deal this is turning out to be. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of the women's basketball. I, I think that they are, I'm also a fan of women's softball. And it's because of the tremendous skills of these ladies and how hard they play. Um, I've reported to you that for the first time, um, the NCAA allowed the women, you, had, you probably haven't noticed it, but it's on top of the scoreboards and all over the place to use the March Madness phrase for the women's Final Four, which heretofore has not been used and not a, they, couldn't, they were not allowed to use it. Uh, they, were, they were second fiddle. Uh, uh, the men could use it, but the women couldn't. Now the women use it as well. And that game last night with a double overtime uh, that went on uh, with uh, – uh, with those two teams, uh, uh, that I mean, that was as thrilling. Connecticut, uh, and I believe the opponent was North Carolina State. I'm, I'm, I'm blocking on it right now, but man, 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 was it was it a was it a game? And um, strategy, uh, you, you know, tremendous low play, guard play, um, and three pointers. Uh, you know, I you know, I just I think it's just putting the men to shame, and I'm a, I'm a, big, a big fan of them. So. Uh, it's going to be uh, um, the final is going to be uh, sort of the perennial powers, UConn and Stanford, and uh, <clears throat> that's okay. Uh, they've had a long time to build their programs. Uh, uh, I think the Stanford coach is the most successful coach in the nation right now. Coach of the women's basketball team, been there forever. The name slips me right now, but um, 
Now that was that was really uh, really something to take a look at. Um, I'm going to get back in a moment and we'll talk a little bit about you know we've been watching the LBGTQWXYZ thing develop and how this is hurting Disney. Uh, Disney has come out and confronted uh, uh, you know confronted the governor on this LGBTQWXYZ deal uh, and they've completely mislabeled and the press has deliberately because. See, the press are scared to death of sensible people. Uh, they, 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 they smear Trump, uh, they smear DeSantis. Um, um, you know, this, uh, they got this canceled bunch out there of nutcases or hysterical and uh, driven by their emotions. They try to get in your face and intimidate you, all that kind of stuff. But uh, <clears throat> the, um, the, the, the thing is going to backfire at Disney, I think. And one of the things that's helping it backfire but Disney's still saying they don't they don't care, and I'm going to report that is is the prices of what it, I let me, let me just tell you I'll, I'll save it till we get back, and then I want to go into this also um, I, I've titled the show today the slap. Of course, I'm not going to show the slap. I've seen the slap. I don't watch the Oscars. Um, I don't care about Holly Weird. Um, Holden Caulfield had an opinion about it. He had an older brother named I think his older brother's name was referred to as DJ. Uh, it, 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 and uh, Holden Caulfield couldn't stand the older brother because he went to out to Hollywood to the baloney factory. What uh, back in the fifties, even uh, uh, J.D. Salinger's character Holden Caulfield referred to uh, Holly, Hollywood as a baloney factory, and of course he thought it was the greatest concentration of phonies of all the phonies that there were in the world. Phony was a word that was uh, very much used in the fifties by those of us who read. Uh, Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, which uh, really was uh, the 100-year-later version of Huckleberry Finn, a fantastically successful book. Um, um, and, you know, I'll be talking a little bit about uh, Disney when we get back from our break. So um, it, it, it is all got to do with inflation. It's all got to do with the Yankees coming here. And it's all got to do with a crazy, crazy Biden economy which I'm going to do a little analysis of for you. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files after a break for our loyal people. Stay tuned. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files, and remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octon, octon. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much now. That warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. 
Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! Thank you, thank you. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Command Center cave inside the Mellon Law Studio, inside the Piney Woods of North Central Florida, God's country. And, uh, geez, I had to listen to Moving Cows all last night. We had to separate uh, uh, a couple of cattle here because we have one adolescent uh, female who will not leave uh, mama alone who has a young baby and therefore is hogging the uh, milk that the baby should be getting <clears throat> because the adolescent female just refuses to be weaned. Um, we're going to take care of that. So we separated them. And, and then I had to listen to the mooing, mooing cow all night because I guess mama thought maybe that adolescent female really should be weaned. And mama, every once in a while, you run across a situation like this in nature that um, you have to sort of intervene as a human being and say, no, nah, we can't do it that way. A mama can't support milk for both of you all, and you don't need it, you big heifer. Get out of here. So uh, you have to exercise some discipline and, uh, and take matters into your own hands. It's, it was kind of roundup time here yesterday, uh, separating them. And I guess you would have enjoyed watching that. It's always kind of exciting to round them up and get them going. Uh, and the big herds out in the big pastures, you got to have dogs and horses. We use uh, golf carts. So um, well, you know, that's just a little aside here for you, but I got to tell you, I got to give you a confession. First of all, I have never been to Disney and I refuse to go to Disney. And when I was growing up, uh, going to, uh, um, uh, college in Orlando and working Martin Marietta, there was no Disney. And <clears throat> I have to tell you that, uh, one day, as I think I've said to my class before, uh, my grandmother who came down to Florida my grandfather in the early 40s to fish and get away from the cold winters up north. Um, they, she was holding up a Orlando Sentinel and had a front page across it and it had a big green map. And the map depicted a huge amount of land that had been purchased just west of Kissimmee. Uh, we were in St. Cloud. Um, St. Cloud had one traffic light. Uh, there was no Sunshine Parkway. And um, and you could give the land away practically down there. All it was good for was ranching. Took Brahma cattle to withstand the heat. Um, uh, we really had real roundups by horseback and dogs and camping out and all that business. Um, bring them up to Kissimmee, to Cowtown. Um, so there we were. And she held up the paper as I was getting ready to go up to Martin, uh, 441 to Martin, uh, up the Orange Blossom Trail, which really did have oranges then. Um, smelled, man, what an odor of an orange blossom is. It is like nothing you've ever smelled. And, and, um, she said, look here, somebody bought a bunch of land around here. I'll never forget what she said. Well, why would anybody want it? It's not good for anything. Well, it turned out, of course, it was Disney and Disney came in very, uh, uh, you know, quietly and sent agents in to, uh, hoodwink the farmers who had the land. And, you know, you might be an agent, I'd be an agent, but we acted like we didn't know each other. And so you'd come and you'd maybe, hey, man, Farmer Joe, how about, you know, what would you sell your 100 acres for? <clears throat> Back then, I think land was selling for $2 an acre. <clears throat> and because uh, the only thing you could do with it was run cattle on it. 
And so, um, you know, you go get that farmer to sell his land for $2 an acre. And I go over next door to a farmer who was contiguous. And, and I say, hey, you know, would you like to sell it? And so pretty soon uh, we bought this land and we never told the farmers really what it was going to be for, that we were going to put it all together and build a theme park. That would have been out of their frame of reference. It would have been absolutely deliriously a, a fa fa fantasy. And uh, away you go. And as far as I'm concerned, it ruined Florida. Uh, it certainly uh, made it a whole different situation, changed from being a quiet, uh, windswept peninsula to just a, a gaudy kind of uh, strip mall from, uh, you know, from Orlando down. So that's my feeling. I asked my mother one time if she'd been to Disney. She lived right down the road from it in her later years. And uh, she said, no, why would I? It's all fantasy. Well, now you have to understand that um, I guess it's a ch attraction for children. I don't get it. <clears throat> I think you should take them to the springs, <clears throat> take them to the rivers, take them to the parks, uh, take them to you know see the natural natural wonders of the world, not this not this fantasy. Uh, I'm just looking at an article that's been put together here um, by uh, uh, the, the writers in uh, uh, Washington Examiner, uh, uh, and 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 I got to tell you that you know I. I it's kind of shocking to me. For example, a two-night Star Wars experience um, uh, starts at $5,300 for a family of three. Um, this was in 2019. Um, so um, meanwhile, Disney has raised the, you know, here they are hollering about LGBTQWXYZ, and they're just raising the prices like crazy. Uh, the uh, Disney World Pop Century Resort, which I've never been to. So when I say these names, maybe you know them. I don't know them. <clears throat> rose from $95 in 2013 to $168 this year. That's a $73 difference, the article says, and it's a 77% increase. Um, you know, you've got some other things down there with, I don't know about Magic Kingdoms and this kind of stuff. Um, uh, Disney parks around the world uh, saw more than 155 million visitors in 2019. That's just, um, that's just amazing to me. Just amazing. I don't know. I, I, why not go to the library? Why, uh, why not go camping or go to whatever happened to the Boy Scout jamborees? I don't, I don't know what, I don't know where these things went. <clears throat> but uh, uh, there are increasingly more and more negative comments about these parks uh, than than uh, positive ones. Um, they continue to raise their prices five to ten percent a year, and they're cavalier about it. Uh, they, they, they have said, oh, they've been criticized. They say, well, you're just making these parks for rich people. Uh, it's sort of like skiing is right now. Skiing is out of control out west, the lift tickets. And if you see a, a, a man and a wife and three or four kids, uh, he's spending 10 grand in a week. He's easily spending 10 grand. Um, and, and so I guess there are people who've got that kind of money who want to give their kids this plastic experience, I call it. Um, and they've been criticized, Disney, as saying, well, you're just going to make this exclusively for rich people. And uh, Disney's response is, well, there's a lot of people who have discretionary money. Um, um, they, they, they spend a lot of money in spite of the fact that you hear there's inflation and, and gas prices and all this. Um, you know, they still come. So we'll keep on spending the money. Um, um, it, it's roughly about $1,100 a day to go in there with a kids and go in there and uh, and you'll never be able to see everything on $1,100 a day that's there. I guess that's all 
priceless experience for these kids. Uh, you've got me, I mean, you, you got me um, buffaloed, but uh, <clears throat> uh, the complication is uh, uh, that apparently a lot of this stuff is run, I don't know, but judging from the response, a lot of this labor there is from the LGBTQWXYZ labor force, which is facing a, a huge shortage and I've got a pent up demand and labor shortages. So the, the, these parks are not even fully staffed yet. So right now, Disney is depending upon, quote unquote, the loyal fan. I might call the loyal sucker who is going to go down there and raise his kids on fantasy. Uh, why don't you take them hunting? Why don't you take them fishing? Uh, why don't you take them out to see the horses and, and um, you know, learn how nature works? I don't know. I'm just talking about something that is troublesome um, that, uh, you, 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 you know, you've got to take into account that, uh, uh, you know, people will do it anyway, and that's their world, and, and um, they don't have any problem um, um, conducting themselves that way and spending their money. It's their money, I guess. If they want to go do it, fine. That's their, that's their deal. Um, i got to talk for a moment before I get into the heavy lifting here about Biden's budget, uh, about the slap. I call today's show the slap because, you know, we archive every show. Uh, we keep it over in wardscottfiles.com. And I suppose they're all out there, too, on YouTube, except for the ones that they, um, you know, blocked because we used a beep word. <clears throat> and um, so, so uh, um, you know, I, I title them and so I can go back through and see by title kind of a summation of what I talked about that day. If I want to go back and kind of review it, which I never do, I almost never listen to myself, but maybe I should once in a while. But and I never listen to any other talk show guys. I, mean, I find them very, very deficient and lacking and, and not only intellectual capacity, but versatility and depth. Um, you know, since Limbaugh's gone, I used to listen to Limbaugh once in a while. Um, but when I was on the radio here, I, my, my ratings were higher than Limbo, Limbaugh's. So, so be it. I mean, that guy had EIB network. It took him about 30, 30 35 years to build the EIB network. I, I, you know, I don't have that much time, you know, and, and uh, I do think there's a network that should be built from talk show guys. Um, I talked this over with Mitchell Shaw the other day. I've talked it over with some other people. Um, there needs to be a network that's sort of like a radio network. Uh, you know, where, you know, when we were with the radio people I was with originally, uh, very, very beginning, uh, we had uh, <clears throat> Hannity, we had Limbaugh, we had Ingram. Um, uh, so we had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of programming. It was conservative. There really needs to be conservative programming somewhere uh, that is networked together so that people could sort of just go through the dial without having to jump around. But we got to have some brainiac put that together. Um, and I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but the time is approaching when it should. Um, right now, you sort of piece it together yourself. Uh, but I got a, you know, I'm a very big fan, by the way, of Breitbart News Aggregate. I think they're the best. Um, they, they are. Uh, very, very good writers. I've interviewed Joel Pollock, uh, John Binder. I emailed uh, John Binder. I, uh, I have Pollock's information. So they know of us. They can, we can reach out to them if we need to. That's how we get our articles to them. And um, that's, a, that's a huge, I, I, my, the data investigator told me, and I've forgotten. So if I misquote them, there's something like 500,000 
uh, looks at that article that about us that's out there on Breitbart. I haven't looked at it, but it's an enormous, enormous number of people. And yet we can't get this local state attorney to do anything. We can't get the local sunset paper to do anything. Uh, we can't get Channel 20 to do anything. That just shows you how much people are interested <clears throat> in what's going on and how, how hungry they are for some sort of presentation that will uh, develop uh, in depth some of the issues that are uh, have to be cleaned up and some of the other uh, media outlets because they don't fit the narrative. But I, this is funny about this. I, you know, I, I could care less about Hollywood. I got some friends that are screenwriters out there. I think I know that they were enormously talented guys because I knew them when they're at the university. Very smart, very talented. And what they just I think they just prostituted themselves because they could go out to California become screenwriters and literally write this stuff off the top of their heads and make a lot of money. Um, not only that, but I remember one time, one of them telling me he was in my wedding. Um, he told me that uh, he and his buddies, I said, what have you been doing, Willie? He says, oh, we went to Italy and we hole up in a hotel room for a week and we wrote a year's worth of television screenplays and came home. I mean, come on. <clears throat> That's what they do. That's kind of the level of their, you know, they, they, and they really, some of these guys are very, very good. And, and, but they just, they just do the, the, the thing that brings them return on their energy. And, uh, and I used to chastise them all the time. I, uh, one of them uh, was a tremendous poet, uh, wrote The Death of Lester Brown, House Painter, uh, also wrote The Hunk Papa Warrior, uh, some great, great poetry, uh, and put it together in a thing called the Florida East Coast Railway. And uh, was recognized by, by great poets all over the world as really top work. And I'll be darned if he didn't go out and start writing music for the rock bands. So that's what you're up against out there. So I really don't care about Chris Rock. The only reason I care about this real Smith guy is I, I'm, you know, I'm a tennis, uh, I don't no longer do it, but I'm an NCAA tennis official. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, that means the college games and everything, just like, you know, those guys you see on the football field, that's me, only I'm on the tennis court. Um, they, they, uh, uh, they, 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 these, these Williams sisters are special. They are unique. They are a, a story worth telling. And I was watching the tennis channel the other day as I watched the Miami Open. Uh, and and uh, uh, the man who was the original coach of these, two ladies uh, was inter being interviewed. He said that the movie was great, that they had it exactly as it happened. And so my, my, my lament for all this crap is what it did to the, to the, to the Lennon's story. I'm not going to go watch it now because it's got this guy, uh, Will Smith. in. I don't, I, I don't like the guy, you know, I mean, anybody do something stupid like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to go see him in anything. And, you know, rock, whatever, uh, you know, okay, you know, I'm not, I don't care. You know, I, you know, comedy has been killed by Hollyweird. But, uh, and there's people who believe this was all staged to bring up the dismal ratings of the stupid Oscar thing. You know, it lost its dignity a long time ago. It used to be kind of a class act. And the actors and actresses were kind of class people. Uh, but now you just got you just got people coming out of the ghetto and who somehow have clambered into the arena 
and have, you know, got, you know, I'm not saying they're not talented, but they bring the ghetto with them. Um, somebody said that somebody said, oh, that's the way we do it. You know, is that the way you do it? Yeah, I think that is the way you do it. It's violent, you, you know, uh, you, you know, you know, sit down over here for I beat your butt. You know, uh, that kind of stuff is what these kids hear. <clears throat> and for this to be publicly displayed at what once was a dignified kind of, even though it was still the baloney factory, ceremony is really kind of over the top. And so I was reading, uh, you know, what Nick Nolte had to say about it, whom I think is a really great analysis. And he says, of course, you know, the lady suffers from this alopecia. Um, but, but there's a story behind that. And the story behind it is that she's not been faithful to him. He's not been able to, well, I'm going to say exactly what the, the boxer said. Um, oh boy, I'm losing. I can't remember his name. <clears throat> uh, the really great boxer, uh, the small one, uh, who's, he was in a bar somewhere and this was on, um, and somebody came in, some black guy came in and, uh, who had a girlfriend and the girlfriend was, hollering at this boxer whose name will sooner or later come to me, I guess, or one of you out there remind me who it is. And uh, I'll never forget what he said. Now, this is, on the, this is on the tape, so don't blame me, okay? He said to the other boxer, control your bitch, man. And, and I got, to, man, I mean, is that, did I hear that right? And, and, and it, was, uh, it was one black boxer to another black boxer talking about the other's Bitch. I mean, I, I mean, that's that was the word, and and and, and it's what he was saying. The black that doggone kid's going to come to me, is you know he's the, he's the one who's not been super millionaire guy. Anyway, that, I thought that was kind of interesting. Is that the woman was trying to start the trouble? <clears throat> the woman was starting the trouble. And then, now this is not unusual. There's a story written by uh, Andrew Lyle called Mr. McGregor where that is exactly the, what the story is about. Women testing their men. Women testing their men to see if their men care enough about them to defend them. If you want to read that story, it's called Mr. McGregor by Andrew Lytle. Um, it is all about that very thing. The woman testing the man by seeing if the man will defend her. And this is what Nolte says has happened here because uh, Smith's wife told the alopecia out. It's not an issue in the di psychological dynamics of this has been, quote, unquote, unfaithful to him. OK, unfaithful to him. So the analysis that Nolte comes up with, what would have motivated Smith to do something stupid like this publicly in front of an august ceremony like the uh, Oscar, whatever it is, is supposed to be, would be his, his, his well, being manipulated by the female. Actually showing, and you know, there's men like this now. I know men who are enormously restrictive about what they're, female can look at. I mean, down to what they can look at. And guess where that comes from? That bonds a female to the male because the female then feels like, by golly, that I suppose it cuts both ways. 
uh, that person, that guy cares about me enough to. Uh, and so they'll test it every once in a while. And this is the most interesting treatment of this goofball situation that I've run across. And it's one which I understand. Being a manly man, I understand all this. And it is interesting that she has been untrustworthy, apparently, unfaithful, apparently. And in order to, uh, uh, and apparently she had a relationship with Tupac Shukur in the 90s. Um, and that was, I think, pre-marriage. And that has to do with, well, that's how we do it in the ghetto, I guess, is what that woman meant, black woman whose name I've forgotten, I said. Uh, so um, this, is, this is all about whether the man has courage, whether he's a coward. Uh, so the jealousy is a personal uh, demonstration of the love, if you will. Uh, you, you know, we're getting into some murky stuff here. But this is the opinion of, uh, uh, of the psychology behind uh, this, uh, this apparent uncontrolled rage-filled overreaction, which is a term Nolte uses. Uh, it had nothing to do with Chris Rock. It had everything to do with Smith's need to reassert his manhood in front of a world that knew what his wife was like. Huh? And as the writer of this analysis says, that's just my opinion. So isn't that interesting? Psychological battering, infidelity, violence, weaker males, dominant males, control your bitch, man. Who was that boxer? One of you guys tell me out here on Facebook chat. Um, I don't know. I guess you all don't know who it was either. He's the, 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 the really su successful. I'll think of it as soon as the show's over. I mean, I, I've always remembered that. Huh? No, it wasn't Ali. God, no. Ali, did, Ali could care less. It was one of the middleweights or lightweights. Um, uh, wasn't Ali. Ali wouldn't care. Well, Ali would never get into that. Um, I, I don't know too many it would, really. I mean, uh, I, was re I, I, I'm, I knew at one time Bone Crusher Smith pretty well. Um, bone, that would, bone Crusher Smith was the heavyweight champion. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten into that kind of, kind of stuff. Um, no one, Michael Spinks, um, you know, who is a dead gum? I'll, I'll know it as soon as I get off the air. He wasn't a heavyweight champ. He was a, it was undefeated, a middle, lightweight, middleweight, something like that. Um, uh, somebody will come up with it in a minute and save me from being a fool here. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, I got to just close out with one. If you, if you come up with it, well, I'll go ahead and blurt it out there because I'll go nuts trying to remember who it was, and I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, just want to report to you that uh, the Washington Examiner by Stephen Dynan, uh, Washington Times, I'm sorry, the Washington Times has determined, I got to be careful again with my language so that the um, uh, censors don't get me, um, uh, that there were, in 2020, um, let me see where this was, six swing states, in six swing states, um, the, the, the quote unquote six swing states, make sure I got this right, 
there were 255,000 excess votes for Biden above what can be accounted for. Um, this is, I, I, I can say this is going to come out. Uh, foul deeds will rise, though all the earth overwhelmed them to men's eyes. That's Hamlet. Um, in some of the swing states, um, uh, you had uh, voter beep alleged. And in some of the states, swing states, uh, you had counties where voter beep wasn't alleged. Um, and yet you had huge increases in turnout. Um, and all this is being analyzed now um, and taken a look at. Um, there are a lot of reasons for this, which uh, I think we'll, we'll get into more as our stories roll like a snowball downhill. Um, the, um, uh, there's a question, there's no clear reason why absentee turnout alone should increase just in democratic jurisdictions. Uh, that is something that raises a red flag. Um, there's, um, there's a lot of things that are being looked at. Meanwhile, the, the, the furious attempt to, to smear anybody who would question any of this goes on from even the level we're operating at all the way up to some judge declaring uh, Trump guilty without ever having Trump go through due process. Um, so they're being, they're, these neighboring precincts are being looked at. Um, uh, Stanford University professors, Stanford University professors are getting involved. Um, uh, and so, some of the liberal professors have uh, uh, accused uh, the people who are crunching these numbers as using quote unquote faulty data. Uh, it's all in the data. It's all in the data. And I think sooner or later, probably later, um, well, George is being looked at closely, uh, very closely. And uh, Floyd Mayweather, Ray Stern, you get the prize, man. i got to take you to lunch, brother. Floyd Mayweather, you got it, brother. Floyd Mayweather. Uh, he said to the other boxer, no, it wasn't Marciano. It was Mayweather. Marciano didn't care about that. Mayweather. Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather said to the boxer he was going to be boxing, and I've forgotten who it was, who came into a bar where he was with his, the, the other boxer came in with his wife, a woman, Let's I don't know if it was a wife, but it was a, well, to Mayweather, it was a B-I-T. Uh, she was the one who started, isn't it interesting? The boxer who's going to challenge Mayweather comes into the bar, there's Mayweather, the woman with the boxer who's going to challenge Mayweather starts heckling Mayweather. Now, Mayweather's enough of a gentleman. I guess this is the way it works. He's not going to go over and slap the woman, okay? He's not going to do it. But he will beat the tar out of the boxer if he don't control his woman. Control yo Man, I, I would like to. <laughs> uh, no, Rick, you've done nothing deserved lunch, Rick. You didn't come up with the answer. That's typical. My buddy Rick Reihart trying to mooch in on a lunch that I'm going to give Ray for giving me the right answer when Rick didn't know diddly squat about who Floyd Mayweather was. But anyway, I think that's pretty interesting. I'm going to try to find that darn tape. It must be out somewhere uh, on YouTube or something where Mayweather says, I'm not going to slap your woman, man, but I'm going to slap the tar out of you if you don't control your woman. 
I think that's what happened. At least that's what nobody thinks happened. <laughs> when the biatch slap occurred, the slap we call it today, at the Oscar Baloney Factory Awards. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.